This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Got a lot of stuff for you here on this Wednesday program, of course. Alex Skolish does his weekly press conference on Tuesday, and this was no different. He was... Not shy from saying what went wrong, spoiler alert, a lot against the UAB Blazers, but looking forward to this week as well. Also loved what leaders on both lines, Rashad Chaney and Mike Lofton, had to say, and you're going to hear all of that here on the program. You're also going to hear a little bit of both basketball head coaches from Media Day. Monday was Media Day, and as I told Michael Kelly on Bull Speed Ahead, it's a good thing when you fully expect, it's not a matter of if, but when they're going to announce it, that your women's basketball team is going to be picked to win the conference. As the Bulls were on the men's side, Amir Abdurrahim's team picked, in my opinion, a pretty respectable ninth out of 14 teams. Of course, they're looking to finish a lot higher than that. Remember when volleyball was picked to finish next to last out of 14 teams? And I said, I think they're going to vastly outperform that. Well, they have been doing that, and I don't really have any predictions for men's basketball. All I know is we're going to be starting in less than a month and can't wait to see that team. And you'll hear a little bit of what both Jose Fernandez and Amir Abdurrahim had to say to the ESPN Plus crew. Speaking of ESPN Plus, yes, we are the radio side. And whenever there's a game, we prefer that you listen to it on Bulls Unlimited. But I'm no dummy. I know that people like to watch stuff as well. I would say, you know, have the video on, mute it, and sync it up with Bulls Unlimited. Or listen back to the game on Bulls Unlimited, whatever the sport may be. However, I do love ESPN Plus and have it for a lot of uses, a lot of college uses. Also, USL, the Tampa Bay Rowdies League is on there, and many more sports you can catch. It's a great service. And starting Thursday for the first time, Bullseye, the show that, again, we want you to listen to first, right here on Bulls Unlimited. The first chance for you to hear the show is on Thursday morning at 7. It's a full hour, and then it repeats at 8 and at 9. But if you prefer the video or your morning schedule doesn't suit it sometimes, it's on YouTube. But beginning this week, it will be live tape to stream on ESPN Plus at 1.30 on Thursday afternoons. And then you can go back and capture it on video there. So pretty cool stuff when it comes to Bullseye. And we'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek of tomorrow's show here shortly. But this show here is going to start with golf because both the men's and women's golf squads performed tremendously in their third events of the fall, a win for the men's team. Technically, they were winners on the scoreboard. They were co-champions with Stetson, but I'll explain why, in my mind, they were the overall winner. In fact, we'll tell you right away why that is. Nothing against Stetson. It's because Sam Nicholson, who is a senior out of Atlantic Beach, was tied for the individual championship with a golfer from Davidson. And Sam Nicholson was not in the Bulls' starting lineup, especially when you have a home meet and you tend to be able to have more golfers out there on the course. You run the risk if you have a deep squad of this happening, and it happened to the Bulls. So you have a team usually of eight golfers, and usually for road events, you bring either just the minimum five or maybe a six to compete as an individual. The sixth player, or in this case, sixth, seventh, and eighth, isn't in your starting lineup, so their score is not going to count for your team score. And so normally the 
five golfers who either are playing better or had won some qualifying within the team are the five that start, and you can't change your starting lineup no matter how well any individual happens to be doing or maybe how poor someone in the starting lineup is doing. And each time out of your five starters, the worst score does not count. So that's why I use the phrase, run the risk. If you have someone that happens to be playing better than anybody and it's not counting for your team score, well, it doesn't help your team score. And that's exactly what happened. And yet the Bulls team score ended up still being tied for first place. On Monday, and this is reminiscent of what the women's squad did. We'll tell you what they did in Tulsa in just a little bit, finishing second overall. Not a good first round, not really in the running. And then the second round ended up being better than anybody shot for 18 holes all three rounds. That's what happened with South Florida. They were tied for eighth out of 14 teams after the first 18 holes on Monday when they shot a one over par 289. But then how about 16 under 272 for their next round. And then finishing up with a one under par on Tuesday. Stetson was 10 under for its first round and 11 under for its second round. So entering yesterday, the Hatters were at 21 under par while the Bulls were at 15 under. Stetson struggled to a five over while the Bulls were just steady. And Lamar, which was second after each of the first and second rounds, really struggled to an eight over par, still finished in third place, but it was a USF Stetson race at the end. Both squads were 16 under par, and again, the Bulls technically co-champions, but yeah, considering Sam Nicholson shot 13 under, they would have blown away the field. That 10-stroke deficit after the first round would have been just four shots, the Bulls would have been leading heading into day two. Basically, each round, Nicholson's score would have replaced what was the fourth best score for the Bulls, and it would have gotten the Bulls a score of 17 more shots under par. On a pretty tough golf course, the Bulls, if you had included Nicholson's score, would have been 33 under par. Before we get to the golfers who were in the starting lineup and who obviously did very well, well enough to win the whole thing, Let's tell you more about Nicholson because through two rounds, he was 11 under par. That ties the Bulls' program record for lowest 36-hole score. And it happened to be the first win of his career for the senior, who I think probably gets in the starting five next week. 22nd win for head coach Steve Bradley in the USF Invitational, of course, the Bulls as the host institution. Jake Peacock, who joined the Bulls last year as a transfer from Western Carolina. Yeah, the transfer is working out pretty well. Had the best score in the first round for the Bulls. Again, they struggled to a one over as a team. He was the only player under par 200. Then 66 in that second 18. So the Bulls really made a charge, got stronger throughout the course of the day. Went 73 on Tuesday to finish tied for fourth overall. Seven under par. Then Brock Healy and Cooper Smith, two new transfers, ended up tied for 11th at 211, which is 5 under par. Healy joined Peacock in shooting a 66 in that middle round after starting off with a 74 and a 71. He is a transfer from Kennesaw State. And then Cooper Smith, who's from Freedom High School, a transfer from UNF, went 72, 71, 68. Nino Palmquist, the Swede, finished just outside the top 30 with a 2 over par for the three rounds. Unfortunately, his 76 and Shubi Jagalan's 75, if those were a little bit closer to par, then the Bulls get the 
outright championship. But again, considering what Sam Nicholson did, winning the whole thing individually, I'm going to go ahead and say they won the whole thing. And what really matters is whether they were tied for first or first, it is going to really help their computer ranking, which, if you hadn't noticed, had already shot inside the top 60, and the Bulls are probably headed to inside the top 50 now. Stetson was right ahead of them at 57th, and then it actually did drop to Louisiana being the next highest-ranked team in the field at 96, no one else in the top 100. So it made sense that it was going to be between the Bulls and the Stetson Hatters and the Bulls get a championship. And now with one event left in the fall, can hope to wrap it up with some confidence, no doubt. They've already got it based on this result. Quote from head coach Steve Bradley on GoUSFBulls.com. Very proud of the entire team. Winning is hard, so getting it done feels good. The guys kept battling and good things happen. I'm so happy for Sam to get his first victory. He's always had the talent, and it's nice to see him put it all together and realize what he is capable of. You can see the guys on Sunday and Monday. They're going to Vero Beach to take part in their last event of the fall. Spring is generally just a little bit busier for events for both the men and the women. And you probably know by listening to this show, the women have had a great start winning the Badger Invitational, then fourth, but in a really outstanding 10-team field in Toledo, which actually moved them up in the computer rankings. Well, the Dale McNamara Invitational hosted by Tulsa and won by Tulsa, the Bulls finished in second place. So these are really strong results. And Tulsa and the Bulls were tied with just a few holes to go. Golden Hurricane ended up winning by two shots. But still, this is what you want. When you're playing in a field where maybe the teams aren't maybe as highly ranked, though, of the 14 schools in this field, unlike the men where we just told you there are only three in the top 100, 10 of the 14 were in the top 100. Bulls were the highest ranked team at 30, Tulsa 51, and the Golden Hurricane playing on their home course get the victory. Bulls shoot a six under par. Tulsa won it at eight under. Then it was UTSA at four under par. Yes, the good old American Athletic Conference had the top three finishers in this event. Fourth place went to Colorado State, which was the second highest ranked team in the field at 41. And then it dropped eight full shots back to fifth place where Nebraska, one of those teams that was kind of on the bubble with the Bulls last year. Other top 100 teams rounded out the top eight, Kennesaw State, Sam Houston, and BYU, but they were well off the lead. The Bulls, Golden Hurricane, and Roadrunners, along with Colorado State, were all in the running on the last day. No one really had that one big round as the conditions were more difficult, but the second round is what set the Bulls up for a chance to win. And incidentally, before we get to the Bulls, you really can't feel bad about finishing second in this one if you know what's going on with the Tulsa end. This is the Dale McNamara Invitational. She was the legendary head coach at Tulsa from 1974 to 2000. They won four national championships and 60 tournament championships under her. And she was in declining health, was actually there to see Tulsa win the event a year ago but then passed away not too long after, last October 30th. And the top player for Tulsa, sophomore Jenny Roller, her mother played for McNamara at Tulsa, and the families were very close, so it was kind of an emotional thing. And sometimes you got to look at the other side and go, all right, we'll take second place in this one, and that's what the Bulls did. 
and it was all about Melanie Green. Well, it wasn't all about. She obviously had to have help to finish in second place, but she set a school record for a round in relation to par with an eight under par middle round. Sensational middle round for the whole team. Again, mirroring what the men did. Four over in their first round. That was nine shots off the lead of Tulsa. A 292 score, but then a 279 middle round. We told you that that middle round for the men, no one came within five shots the entire event. No one came within four shots of that middle round for the Bulls, and it was paced by Melanie Green's eight under par, 64. She birdied three of her first four holes, and then on the back nine went five under par. Also in the middle round, Leo Maderos, who ended up tied for 10th at three under for the event, shot a four under par. That was with a double bogey. She rolled in eight birdies on that day, or on the second part of Monday, as again, it was a 36-hole Monday. Bulls, as a team, went one under par in the final round as just a couple of bogeys towards the end, and Tulsa was just a little more steady, got them that two-stroke victory. But man, oh man, you will take second place individually. Similar situation, Melanie Green was in the running for the championship, but Cameron Carrion of UTSA, who's the first player in UTSA history to advance to the NCAA tournament and won individually the San Antonio Regional last year by six shots. So yeah, she's not bad. And oh yeah, she was the individual champion at that other event the Bulls played in alongside UTSA. She was 12 under par. She had a five under final round. Kellyanne Strand of Nebraska ended up 10 under. Then Melanie Green followed up that 64 with an even par. So she had even par bookends to her middle round scorching of the course 64 led the way individually for the 30th ranked bulls along with Madarosh's even par for the three rounds 73 68 75 Alyssa Montgomery the Virginia Tech transfer was a big factor shooting par in the first round 74 in the second and then a solid 200 par 70 the team's best score in matching what anybody did individually on Tulsa on Tuesday, incidentally. So she was very important. Maderos and Montgomery both tied for 10th. Elise Vidal, after a couple of rough rounds of 75, came through with a one under par 71 in the final round. And Emma Falcher, the freshman from France, 75, 73, 74, to complete the deal for the women's squad. Erica Brennan, head coach on GoUSFBulls.com, said, Another really solid event, and we're building to something really special. It stings to be so close and come up short, and it only feeds that fire and the hunger that this team has. These girls want it, and they put in the efforts to match that hunger. Now we get a couple weeks to get laser-focused on a couple things before we head down to Miami. The Bulls, indeed, do have a few weeks off before they close out the regular season. Halloween weekend, the Hurricane Invitational. Great performance by both golf teams. Wanted to highlight it here in our first segment.